Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And Wait. Hang on. What? No, we're not. Am I reading this wrong? What's... <laughs> um... You're not Colin. You're not Alex. You have very feminine features. <laughs> I'm actually Morgan Spatola. Who are you? I'm Alex Taylor. You what, are not what are you Alex talking about? Taylor. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? No, I'm not Alex Taylor. I'm Thomas Jernigan. And we are, of course, from the podcast Academy Outcasts. We are co-hosts, but we're doing something a little special today. Welcome to the great big uh, Scavengers Network Switcheroo of Ooh, 2018. Here indeed, we are. Indeed, indeed. We, the hosts of Academy Outcasts, have hopped onto the feed and taken over for the Journey Under 30 boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are here to give you our take on the Journey Under 30 show. We're going to do our own little episode. We're going to we're going to conquer this journey. Okay? So, this podcast, so we've been told, is uh all about us or Alex and Colin, but today it's all about us doing what we can do to be named a future Forbes 30 Under 30. So, um we are uh here, we are filling in for Colin and Alex and we are going to do our own little version. Big um, shoes to fill because I mean they, I know, they, right? they have a solid show and uh, you know they're they're very you know business you know entrepreneur centric mm-hmm. and and I like that about them because they're ambitious yeah and they they idolize these people who as far as we've researched you know I think the common phrase that we both shared was how do these people make it look so easy yeah that that, that <laughs> they, they are on this Forbes they list. They make it look really and easy. our age. Yeah. Or, in fact, younger. Or like, younger. By, like, I know. five years I younger. I know, right? It's, it's, it's a little frustrating. It's a little uh, intimidating, it's a little if depressing, you will. But hey, to be honest. Well, little, you, you know. and I still have time. We aren't 30 yet. I think that this, uh, doing this episode for them actually gives uh, you and I a very unique opportunity to kind of discuss some things that we don't normally discuss. So, for those of you that are just joining us and have never heard of uh, me or Thomas on our podcast. It's you and me, grammatically correct. Whatever I on don't, our I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> on our podcast, Academy Outcasts, we talk about movies. Movies, um, usually. So we don't normally get to talk about like ourselves and our no, passions and our dreams and our side hustles uh, side hustles yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so i think that this is fun because we get to kind of kind of delve into that a little bit we, we don't normally do out. that yeah reach out into the abyss mm-hmm. young whatever the king lear quote is by shakespeare oh uh was shake uh, you know what that's a good question <laughs> what when did shakespeare write like his most earliest of plays i don't even know when his i mean a cliche thing to say is like romeo and juliet but wh- how old was shakespeare cuz he died like i think in his like 40s or 50s you know well i think that we should do a uh like a change.org petition and try to get shakespeare in the 30 under 30 i think list. so i think forbes should like go beyond <laughs> you know the 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 20th century Century. They only started doing the list in 2011. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's, that was the first year. Oh, that's funny. That's not wild. I, I thought the... I mean, obviously, there was obviously the Forbes list, but yeah. 30 under 30. Well, you know what? That makes a little bit of sense because I feel like not a lot of people, maybe before that time, necessarily would fall under that list. I mean, who who... 
who really made such an impact under under thirty? I mean, 30. like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, but I mean, was Tom what? Tom from Facebook? Oh my God, yeah. Is Tom. that what his name was? <laughs> yeah, he founded MySpace. Yeah, Ma- um, MySpace. MySpace oh yeah. my God, I said Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I mean, was was Mark Zuckerberg truly Mark Zuckerberg? Uh, you know, before 2011 or something like that? I know? don't know. Because yeah, I mean, I Facebook what came out in 2007, 2008 or something yeah. like that. You know, and then it was. But I'm sure there was plenty of people. There's got to sure. have been people. I thought at least it was going on since the 90s. I thought. But- so. Too. I, I mean, guess not. Kurt you know? Cobain could have yeah. been on there. Oh, there's plenty. There's you know, plenty of people. I mean, so many lead singers and so many, uh, you know, artists. But but entrepreneurs, you know, you wonder because I feel like I feel like entrepreneurs. It was very few and far between before the kind of uh, dot com bubble. You know, in, yeah. the, in the late '90s, you yeah. know, happened. I feel like it was it was very rare to have somebody under thirty like discover the new franchise or something yeah. like that or like be a new fashion artist yeah. or whatever you know it was very more like you know tech centric or whatever well yeah and as kind of you and i have been uh talking about recently the advent of the digital era mm. have, has kind of made things um very accessible it's yes. made everything a lot more accessible and, yeah. and easier to get discovered if you will you mm-hmm. know um with social media and you know at you know, everyone just carries around small computers in their pocket. Thomas, Thomas, is it? Uh, you always ask that. Do you not know me? <laughs> I mean, am I just like, am I just the guest? Earlier you were Alex. Now I, you're Thomas? I'm still Alex. I'm trying to figure it out. I have a bi persona. So what have you been working on recently? Ooh, well, I've been coming up with my own silk flower company. It's called Silk Flower Company by Thomas. What? It's a very original name. <laughs> this no. is something I've never known about you. <laughs> no. Uh, oh. No, and not oh. doing that. Well, okay, so it's uh, a little bit um, not overly original, but uh, given that our podcast is about movies, sure. yeah, hey, uh, working on a movie. I won't say the name. I won't say the plot. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a little movie that, that I think you've had a bit of work on. Right. So yeah. back in, oh my God, was it November? Back all the way in 2017. Oh Remember 2017? God. That was like a really long time ago. Oh, that is so 2017. So back in November of 2017, we... Worked on a movie. You directed it. You wrote the movie. Well, it's a short film. It's a short film. Um, yes. you. It's gonna be what, like twenty minutes long ish, yeah, right? Yeah. And 15, so you, 20 minutes long. you wrote it. You directed it. We had a couple of people help out with the the filming of it. Uh-huh. Um, and you and I starred in it. We did, yeah. Um, it's and really just us, just like going back and forth. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, playing weird different characters. Yeah, and it was super fun though. In, in different times, I and mean, we we go back to the nineties. We uh-huh. go back to the eighties. Yeah. You know, we dress up as such you know we have certain shots that really exude the the 90s themes the 80s yeah. themes you know whether it be you know x y and z so, you'll see and that was my first time acting it, uh, which we, was which wild was, you say wild i say surprising because <laughs> the, if you said this was your 20th time acting your 20th short film it wouldn't surprise me none at all i mean it, it well thank it, you so much you were very natural oh, you know i mean like i mean you, you you have a good radio voice voice but you also have you know uh, a good uh, um kind of vibrant face you know for everything and you can really you know have a lot of uh, you have a, a big dynamic face i guess thank you is a good way to put it i've been complimented on my facial expressions yes, before and yes. I'll, I'll go into that there's a wide 
range of facial... In a moment, I suppose. Oh, okay. When I talk about what I've been working on. Ah, so, so we well, what have you been... Okay, well, well, we filmed this movie and, and you're yeah. working on editing it right now, right? Which is a nightmare and a half. Yeah, that's fair. Have you ever had a nightmare where you die in your nightmare or like you get shot or stabbed well if or you like, die in the dream you die in real life well according to to, to uh, <laughs> uh, freddy krueger and um robert um oh wes craven sorry uh -huh. wes craven the robert guy was the guy who played freddy krueger um i can't think of a last name but anyway yes um but no it's it's kind of like a a, a living a nightmare editing this oh my god freaking stupid gosh darn movie it's going to be so worth it in the end, though. Yes, I hope so. So it's going to be about 15, 20 minutes long. I've got about four minutes edited. That's a lot. It took me about 45 days. That's a which lot. Which means that's about a second a day that I've edited. <laughs> no, not really. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, well, we'll see um, what happens of it. But you know what's important? What's that? You're creating that something. That I have fun with it? Well, no, but okay. just the fact that you're making something. No, I don't care if you have okay. fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just think that, um, I think that creation itself is just, um, you know, and this sounds like so weird, but like a divine act. Like, like creating something where it wasn't there before. Yeah. Like to me, that is like so special yeah. and, um, and, and, um, you know, and so that's, what's important. I think is that you're, you're expending this creative energy and you're putting it out into the world, um, and out from yourself. So yeah, that's. That's very good. I mean, it, it, I, I know I, I, I agree with it. I mean, not not to, you know, be self-indulgent. but No, I mean, be self-indulgent. Do it. No, but yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, it, it, it only really materializes when you act upon it. I mm -hmm. mean, you have people in general have so many ideas and so many ambitions and, and, you know, so many things that they wish they could do, but they don't have the resources to do it or they don't have the drive to do it. And, you know, honestly, you know, to, to kind of hype you up and to put you oh, on a pedestal, please. you know, on, uh, yeah, please. Um, you, lo <laughs> you, you love it. You Just want kidding. it. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, I couldn't have done it without, you know, a, a really solid anchor. And that was you. And I mean, you, you. you, not only were you my co-star, not only is acting reacting, um, but I mean, you really did, you know, act almost as a producer, you know, for it. So, so it, it is a short film. It, it, it'll be a learning curve type project because mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't, Definitely. I haven't made a short film ever since college, which was literally five years ago. You know, wow. I mean, like when I was like 2021, 20, mm -hmm. um, you know, was the last time I really made a short film. And, and it's, it's weird how editing is very much like the cliche saying of you riding a bike, you know, you really got to get in. it. It's big and scary, uh -huh. you know, but once you get into it, you know, you really do, um, you know, uh, get into the, uh, the habit of it, the, the, you know, um, uh, the method of it. And, uh, we'll, we'll see where, 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 it, uh, where it ends up. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit proud of it. I'm also a little bit scared and, and cautious and worried about it. That's so. how every creative we'll endeavor I know, is, right? though, you, you know, know? and so that's, we'll I think that's good. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I, um, yeah, I guess kind of to, to part the curtain a little bit, um, you and I are, uh, 
very much creative partners together. Yes. So we, yes. we work on a lot of creative projects together, uh -huh. not just the podcast. No. There's other things that we do. Um, and the movie is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And so we support each other in that way and kind of motivate, motivate each other to, to continue creating and, and making things and in, see, in our little poor artist life it, it, <laughs> that we live. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great way to put it. I know, right? A very, a very <laughs> poor but you know what? I'm, I'm so glad to be a cliche in that category. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, the thing I admire about you um, and what you do creatively is that you have a wide range. Mm. Um, whereas with me, it's very narrow. It's, it's okay. if it doesn't have anything to do with movies or film or cinema or however way you want to pretentiously phrase it, I'm not really into it as far as like my self-involvement, you know, but with you you have a range and it's it's something that I can't grasp myself or couldn't do myself mm -hmm. um, uh, as far as the level of investment that that you put into it so you, you have you have this podcast you you help me with the movie you have dance you have other other projects and yeah I don't know how you can really like collect <laughs> collectively like have like a handle on it. And because it's again, there, there's such a there's such a wide range on it, but but you have a few few projects that I'm almost eager to hear yeah. you explain well, about. Well, uh, I guess in short, I've recently started identifying myself as a professional busy person. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. Because I do a lot. I like to do all the things. Think twice before um, you classify yourself as that because it's oh it, very few perks, many burdens. Right? Well, I, I love all of them, though. So, yeah. So, the podcast, yes, is one thing. Um, and the, uh, you know, helping you out with the movie. But now it's kind of, that's on you now. I'm just kind of here right. to be your cheerleader at this yeah. point um, until you're doing a good job. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah, one of the big things in my life, I guess, is, um, is dancing. I'm a, a yeah. professional burlesque dancer, and yeah. that's taken me out of state to perform in festivals um, and perform in a great many shows around the Phoenix area. Um, and I uh, previously was teaching. I'm not. I'm kind of on a hiatus from teaching right now, but um, teaching folks about the art of burlesque and the art of being a showgirl. Um, and uh, it goes deeper than that, though. Kind of uh, going into helping, uh, or not helping, but kind of opening a door for for women of all ages, well, 18 and older, but all ages to learn new things about their bodies that they didn't know before. And so I really do take that seriously as like um, uh, finding confidence through creative movement. Um, so that's something that uh, going into that is like something else I'm working on, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, yeah. I'm really in the pre-planning stages of it, but you know, I'm, uh, I've taken a hiatus from teaching, um, so that I can work on getting my personal trainer certification. And the reason why I want to do that is so that I can have more of a scientific basis behind my ideas about creative movement. So, um, you know, hopefully I can move forward there, but you know, so that being a dancer and a performer is, um, part of why I feel like I have such an expressive facial yeah. range, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, it's given me a lot of, uh, of practice because in burlesque it's it's a lot of the times it's about telling a story by playing a character while you're dancing and you don't get to talk you just have your face to kind of show that you know so we talked about what we did recently i've been dancing and studying for my my uh personal trainer certification we worked on that movie you've been editing it you're you're working on editing it and, and another thing i'm working on right now and this is the 
First time I'm talking about it, um, I guess on air, if you will, but I'm just kind of giving a little teaser bit, um, just like we did for the movie, but I'm working on another podcast project, mm -hmm. a solo project, um, and I won't say too much about it, but um, it's going well. So, and it's it's a, it's a really personal project. I think um, I've been referring to it, at least to myself, I don't know if I've said this out loud to you, but as a um, intense introspective, mm. uh, very introspective, very intense, very much the thinking about um, some things that did happen uh, to me that I was a part of um, about oh, eight to ten years ago. And uh, and I'm just kind of writing it all down. And, and I plan to make it into a, um, a very uh, truthful, honest, um, hopefully beautiful, mm -hmm. um, I hope, um, sort of uh, podcast series. And so that's yeah. something else that I've been working on right now. And I know that you've read a few bits of it. I have. Um, it will be scripted. So I've, I've kind of just been writing out the script right now. And, um, and yeah, that's just something else that I'm working on. I just kind of want to bring that up because I haven't really talked about it publicly yet. And, so and it's kind of exciting. As well, you should uh, bring it up because, um, you know, I, I, I have, like you said, um, you know, heard and read a bit of it. I've heard about 10, 10, 15% of it. And uh, from what I've read, if it follows what I've experienced, what I've read and what I've, you know, heard, um, it really will be a substantial you know, podcasts to, to listen to and, um, something that, that should be heard from, from really everybody, not, not anybody who's, you know, uh, experienced or, or really heard of, you know, certain situations that are relating to, to, uh, the podcast, but I mean, really, I mean, it's, it's, it's well-written. It, 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 it grabs you. It really does almost feel like, uh, um, you know, you know, something that, it's almost like a, a constant cliffhanger that that that, uh, that 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 you have there, and uh, again, it's 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 beautifully written, almost like a, almost like a like a poem. It's it's a, it's a constant poem, and, and that, that's that's <laughs> what you. that's what I that's what I like about it is that it really is a constant poem, and and when it ends, you don't want it to end. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, as as twisted as it may be, you want to hear what happens next. Yeah. you want to hear you know, the, the result of, of what is being described. And, yeah. And another thing too, is which, which I'm, I'm glad that you've, you know, kind of incorporated is that there are characters behind it. I mean, there, there, it's not just a story because mm -hmm. people can get lost in the story. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it's just thrown at you and just yeah. like, here, here's my recollection of, of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Then, then, then it's, it's, it's easy to get lost. But yeah. if there are, certain characters that you can latch on to yeah. and certain storylines, you know, that, that follow those characters, yeah. then, then you invest yourself yeah. into a certain, certain point. And, and especially if those, if, if, if plot points are bouncing off of those characters, then, then that, that makes it a, a, a truly, uh, you know, more of an experience than a story or something that you're listening to. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's always, you know, you can always tell when, and I'm I'm sorry that I have to <laughs> default to to movies or, oh, sure, no. or to like films or That's whatever. That's your language. That's it the is my language. It's the only way I can speaking. talk. But yeah, it, it it is always a success a successful project and a successful film when you feel a type of connection or when you have a certain emotion yeah. almost to the point of even laughing. I mean, comedy mm -hmm. does that so yeah. well. But again, it's a little bit little bit one-dimensional it's a little bit you know surface kind of thing yeah. but when you actually like cry or like actually have you know a, a deep 
you know, almost saddened emotional connection, you know, they have done their job very, very well. Yeah. And that can be relayed onto you. I mean, again, and I've, I've, hope so. <laughs> I've, you know, experienced, I'll say experience, you know, only 10% of it. Um, but, but we'll see, we'll see, uh, you know, what comes of it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I have high hopes for it. Oh. And, uh, if I could invest in this, I would. <laughs> it also will be hosted here on the scavengers network. So, oh, wow. um, for those of you that do listen to, um, the, the variety of shows that we have in the scavengers network, um, stay tuned. Um, cause we'll definitely announce it once it comes out. Anyway, I think part of what we're supposed to do here, if we're doing this right. Yeah, what have we been doing for the past hour? <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're supposed to do is talk about some people on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. So I'm wondering if you want to start. Uh, Julia Child. No, I'm joking. Um, oh God, that's who we should have picked. No, she didn't get. She was always old. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. She <laughs> didn't. She didn't get super famous until later yeah. on. So, okay. So, do you want to start? Sure, I'll start. So, um, you know, I uh, I was thinking about it, and I was reading the criteria for this episode. Sure. And for this show, um, and. I liked the openness and the room it gave for um, the 30 under 30 list. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the, the, the 2018 30 under 30 list, and there was one person that stood out to me. Uh-huh. Um, and it reminded me of somebody. Uh-huh. And I was initially going to pick Khaled. Uh-huh. But Khaled was the guy that, um, you know, sings... You know, uh, young, young, dumb, and broke, uh-huh. and um, you know, location, uh-huh. and and great songs, and he he's nineteen years old. Oh my gosh! And and he uh, he has already has two hit songs, and they're so great. But you know what? He reminded me of a certain artist that uh-huh. has done so well for himself that everybody knows. Everybody knows. He's been compared to Michael Jackson. He's com- he's he's been compared to. Oddly enough, Justin Timberlake, which I don't know why, like, you know, I mean, he's, I feel like he's on an upper echelon um, of Justin Timberlake, <laughs> yeah. but, but even Kendrick Lamar, but um, he, he, he really is almost kind of a, a Lionel Richie or almost, you know, kind of a, again, Michael Jackson, you know, type of, of vocal, you know, that uh-huh. you would hear. And he goes by the stage name of The Weeknd. Mm. And... I would be surprised if anybody listening to this podcast right now is saying or maybe asking somebody next to them, who's the weekend? Who, 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 who is that? Who's that? No, no. Everybody knows the weekend. Um, and, you know, he's done so many hit songs. He's my age. He, he is two months older than me, which makes me feel very, very depressed. So- um but I'm sorry. sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, no, you're on a roll. I apologize. No, no, yeah. So he's 28 years old, uh-huh. and he's done so much with his life. He is a first-generation Canadian. He he is not American. He was born in Canada, and his parents came from Ethiopia. So I'm going to pause real quick. Is he a 30 under 30 uh, member? As far as being listed... Yeah. I have not seen him listed. So you think he should have been. This will fall in the category of me 
wanting him to be under the 30. I guess he still is under 30, so there's still time, huh? I will say this, though. I would be surprised that if 2015 or 16, he wasn't listed. Now, I went to 2018, and I I scrolled through the others, and I I, I didn't see The weekend. Maybe I missed him. I don't know. So he may or may not be on the list. Okay. Regardless, if he isn't on the list, he damn well should be. So he is a first-generation Canadian. Canadian with Ethiopian parents. Rad. Okay, which is just... And now he's, you know, just a superstar. Yeah. But you know what? Here's here's what I have to say. He needs to be more than what he is. He needs to be considered more than what he is right now. Because I guarantee that those people that I just referred to, like, who's The weekend? Very few people out there. But the people who do recognize him as The weekend maybe know one or two songs. Right. You know, The Hills or Starboy or something ridiculous, okay? Uh-huh. It's just the poppy, you know, oh, what's 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 out there? What's hip and now kind of deal. Yeah. But his style of music isn't like so many others. Mm-hmm. He, he strays away from from the kind of rap and club type music. You know, he he's not, and I and I love these rappers that I'm about to list off right now. But he's not them in a good way. He's not Fifty Cent. Uh-huh. He's not Kendrick Lamar. He's not DJ Khaled. He's uh-huh. not. He's not. You know, Little Wayne. He's not so many of the other people that you saw during the late 2000s, uh-huh. early 2010s, which was very just kind of, you know, oh, we're in the club, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess your bitch up and get drunk and money all the time, let it rain uh-huh. type shit. You know, he 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 is he's very R and B, he's very, you know, kind of of a light hip hop. And you listen to his voice, I mean I mean he's he genuinely has a very good voice. He, mm-hmm. I mean the, I, he's he, a great singer. This is not, you know, the the Britney Spears lip singing. This is not the My Chemical Romance. Let's let's put some good vocals behind it and to make it, you know, sound good. He is a genuinely good singer. He really does exude the whole Lionel Richie of the 1980s, 90s, you know, type thing. And you know, he he's he's my age, and so um, I feel like I've hyped his quality up enough. But but let's let's go to his backstory. Okay, which is cliche. Although it's it's a type of upcoming that needs to happen uh-huh. for anybody who's trying to quote unquote, and I hate saying this quote unquote, make it, uh-huh. you know, which is this fantasy of becoming famous and becoming an artist, becoming a singer, an actor, an artist, or you know, painting conservatively or whatever, yeah, you know, you want to say, but but. You don't just win a fucking raffle ticket and become the weekend. You don't. Yeah. You don't win the lottery. You don't. You know. Oh, it's who you know, not what you know. You know. It's 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 everything. But you know, the weekend started. You know, singing out in in Ontario, on 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 Toronto, on Vancouver, and and made made his way into the United States, into Chicago, into Seattle, into. Uh, San Francisco and then LA, you know, he, 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 imagine the last concert you went to. Think about the headliners. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you buy tickets for the headliners. Yeah. But who are the people that are 
you know, doing the, doing the songs before them. Yeah. Who, who's opening? Yeah. Who's opening for these these huge, you know, people? And pay attention to them because they may be bigger than the people that they're headlining. Yeah. You know, and and the weekend was them. So here are three names that the weekend were openers for. Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, and the Black Eyed Peas. Oh my gosh. So he made the, and this was like back in like 2010, wow. 2011, and 2012. Now, think about those years 2010, 2011, 2012. He's my age. Yeah. He headlined, he was the opener. I'm sorry, not headlined, but he was the openers for the headlines when he was 20, 21, 22. Wow. He's 28 now. His real true rise to fame came when he was 25. Yeah. But that's when he was, that's, 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 I mean, imagine if you were to do that right now. Yeah. If, if you were to open for those huge, huge names. Yeah, that's wild. But, but, but go back prior to that. Okay. Before he was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He was 17, 18, 19. And he was doing these relatively okay shows in big cities in Canada and the northern United States, you know. And, and, uh, he, he hard, he, Hardly had anything to his name. I mean, he he came from a relatively impoverished family, and it it just goes to show that you know it's it's. I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of the rag to riches, rags to riches. You know, kind of kind of cliche yeah. thing, which gets kind of old in Hollywood. Honestly, I know it sounds kind of heartless or whatever, but it is a little old. It's just like, oh, I had nothing, and now I'm this. You know. I feel like the majority of people that maybe find success kind of come from success, uh-huh. kind of come from wealth and money, you know, kind of deal. But they can't, they, they can never mention it because that would just, it wouldn't be uh, theatric. It wouldn't be, uh-huh. you know, uh, any type of cinematic, you know, type of element or whatever. But he, he truly did that. And, but, but again, you heard of the weekend. He was young. He was big, and people think that just he fell into it. Yeah, and he didn't. He he made his. He had a certain talent. Yeah, and that's what I feel like people need to realize that if you are going into this industry, into this art, entertainment, Hollywood industry, which is the category in which even Khaled or or the weekend fell into. It's all well and good to move to New York or L.A. and to pursue your dream and your passion. But for your own sake, you need to know if you're good at it. And again, <laughs> I, and I, that's going to sound a little heartless, you know. But if you're not good at it, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 it sounds so bad, but no, it makes sense. there's no future in it for you. And it, it is so costly and it, it is so you know, uh, detrimental. And it's so, it's so, you know, it, it really does, it has a weight on you. And so it, it, it's not worth it to do it if you don't have the natural born talent to, to act or to sing or to, or to paint or to, you know, do whatever. So, so, you know, for, for people who aren't on the 30 under 30 list, who want to be on the 30 under 30 list, you know, you you need to kind of do some self-reflecting. Are you good at what you're passionate at? Mm-hmm. And face the hard truth of life. Should you pursue it? Yeah. Should you actually move to one of the most expensive cities, New York, LA, you know, whether it be Vancouver, or Austin, or Atlanta, or London, or Paris, or Tokyo, or anything, should you really pursue it if 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 you haven't 
you know, mastered it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you're not good at it as of now, because who's good at anything when they're 18? Only prodigies. Yeah. You know, unless you're fucking Mozart or anybody else. You know, don't just, you know, give up on college and go to L.A. to become an actor. I know it sounds appealing and everything like that, but you need to be smart. Okay? People who... Are, are wealthy and, 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 and are successful, they're smart. They're smart before anything else. They're smart and clever and talented. But they need to go in that category. They need to be smart, talented, and then, or I'm sorry, smart, clever, and then talented. I mean, that you can't start with just talented and not be smart and not be clever. So why do you think, what, sorry, what do you think contributed to his success aside from his talent? Because you, like you just said, you can have talent, but if you're not smart or clever, you're not going anywhere with it. So here's what makes up and compensates even for the lack, which I'm not saying that The weekend had yeah. a lack of intelligence or, or cleverness. Yeah. Is, you know, the fact that really he found himself in the position where... He really had nothing else going for him. You know, he had he identified that he had this one talent. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if he's going to be like, "Oh, I'm a great singer and, you know, I can I can perform well in front of people and I don't have stage fright and I don't have, you know, all these other hindrances, mm-hmm. you know, that other people find." You know, he he's not going to the weekend able is not going to uh, you know, stay up at night saying, oh, should I go to college and get my bachelor's degree in, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, or should I, you know, presume, uh, you know, pursue my, my dream. So to answer your question, you know, you know, what, what really compensated for that is, 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 you know, you, you find yourself is if you don't have anything else to go for, you know, it, it makes things a lot easier. I mean, pe- people who don't have a lot of options or a lot of choices usually make choices a lot easier. I mean, so it feels like you're saying that he, um, like he had nothing to lose, right? Like because he did come from, you know, it is like a rags to riches story. So he kind of came from nothing, and he had nothing to lose. So Hen- he kind of was able to go all in. Hence the cliche. Hence the stereotype, uh-huh. which. When it comes to cliches, when it comes to stereotypes, as often as people want to kind of dish on them and say that, oh, that's never usually the case, there is some truth behind cliches. There are truths behind stereotypes. And when you don't have anything to lose, you really do invest so much on so many levels, mm-hmm. you know, this 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 one thing that you have. So when you do find these actors like Johnny Depp or Billy Bob Thornton, who literally were like almost to the point of homelessness, you know, saying that, oh, we have so much to invest in this one thing and it's, and it's all or not, you know, kind of deal. You know, it, it really does drive a, you know, because, I mean, with you and me, I mean, let's be real. I mean, I I have a bachelor's degree. I mean, you have experience in in so many fields. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that we can fall back on. Yeah. What's what's narrowing our focus? Yeah. To just our passions. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Our passions have unfortunately just kind of defaulted into this. Just kind of like, oh, it's what I'll do when I'm bored. It'll, it, it's, it's, it's what I'm doing when I'm not working. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's such a shame. You know, it's, 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 it's a little bit of a travesty. But, you know, uh, you know, then again, it doesn't pay the bills. But, you know, I mean, when you have nothing to lose, when you're already kind of somewhat impoverished, 
you know, it, it there's really no going back. I mean, we 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 grew up in relatively middle class or even upper middle class, you know, families where you know things were relatively good for us. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I mean, there, there's there's no reason to really escape or detach ourselves from what works mm -hmm. and what is stable in our but lives. But do you think that there's still a merit to, if you really are passionate about something and talented about it, of detaching yourself from those things and just going all in? Because I feel like you did just say that, um, you know, going all in like that is a risky move. However, if you have nothing to lose, then go ahead and do it. So yeah. how do you reconcile those two ideas? Well, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's how willing would you be to take all of your savings, and it is almost a hypothetical thing, but take all of your savings and take all of your investments and say, you know what, I'm not going to do anything other than this. And that's what they did. Mm -hmm. But see, the thing is, is that it's so much harder of a choice for us to make mm -hmm. other than them because there is no option B. Yeah. There's there's an option B for us. There's always a, a fallout. There's something always that we can we can fall back on. Yeah. You know, but it's it's you know, and and that's that's what complicates things for us. That's, yeah. That's you know, I mean, because we're used to a relatively okay life. Yeah. You know, and and you know they're you know they're they're, they're willing to risk it all, and I mean I envy it. I envy that, and. Um, you know, I, I wish I could, I wish I could have that mindset because it really does kind of, it's almost kind of like a Zen type of, you know, let loose of your possessions, yeah. let loose of attachment, yeah. you know, kind of deal and, and let things be, let things develop and, and see where it comes into the future. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a bit of a contradiction like you, like you had mentioned, you know, but that's, that's kind of the struggle, mm -hmm. you know, of it. So, um... You know, I feel like I'm 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 almost more preaching on philosophy than, than <laughs> actual uh, the weekend or able. But I well, do. there's something to be learned from these people that are successful. So oh yeah, and that's I'm, why we're here talking about it. Most definitely, and I and I do feel like I got to plug um, his new album <laughs> that we just found out that about just, that came out like two days ago. Yeah, as of this recording, like March yeah. 31st. Yeah. I, know, I know this will probably be released a little bit later, but it's pretty good though. Yeah. My dear melancholia, or I'm sorry, I keep on saying melancholia, my dear melancholy or something like that. Just melancholy. Melancholy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well. I almost got it. But, but, but try me, call me by my name. I mean, great, great songs. I mean, we had played this and it was, it was such by happenstance that, that um, I, I I chose the weekend, and uh, as per researching him, I came across this uh, this new album. It's so very um, good. Go check it out for sure. Hey everyone, it's time for the high moms. Uh, this is Morgan Spatola. Nope, wait, I am actually Colin Parker, and it's me, your boy. Your podcaster, your friend, your ad read guy. Not a very original set of titles there, but I, I got through it. Um, so I real quick wanted to kind of chat you up about something pretty cool that's happening. Um, we've got a little promo code for you, a little link, a little website thing that you can go to uh, that uh, will sort of help you out and also help out the Scavengers Network. Have you ever been kind of like listening to the shows here on the network and wondered like, man, it would be so cool if 
I could listen to this while I cook dinner um, for everyone or for myself or whatever, right? Well, the good news is, is that now you can have just that. If you go to bit.ly slash SN apron, right? Snapper on, snap Ron, snapper on. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe that, but it's S for scavengers, N for network, apron for blue apron. Uh, you can get a special code here, a little promo here for blue apron. Um, and so this, uh, the current deal that that's going on is for the next six weeks, blue apron is teaming up with Airbnb to bring you the best home cooking from around the world. Uh, and so each week the menu is going to feature a recipe developed with a local chef who hosts an Airbnb experience. Um, so one of the examples that they give is a pasta making class in Tuscany or a market tour in Tokyo. Um, and so it's really, really fun. There's going to be a lot of really cool stuff. And of course, there's some of the traditional things as well, such as like steak frites, which I fucking love steak frites so much. So I cannot wait to taste these amazing uh, meals. I really do enjoy Blue Apron. I've used Blue Apron uh, before. And something that I really love about this uh, company is just the fact that, you know, you get your little, you get your little deals, you know, you get your little boxes with all the stuff in it uh, to help cook your meals. And you also then get to keep those recipes, obviously. So then, you know, whether or not you continue on past a month or two months or a year or whatever, you then have like a whole recipe book of just fantastic recipes that you can just go to the store and get the things that you need to continue to make these great meals. Um... I, you know, have not always been great at cooking, but things like Blue Apron uh, have really helped me learn how to be just better in the kitchen. Um, and so, again, if you use this code of ours, uh, you're going to get $60 off of your first six weeks. So that's a that's a $10 saving per week. Um, and it's uh, fantastic. Uh, one, one more time, that code is bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Snapron, S-N-A-P-R-O-N, all lowercase, Snapron. SN Apron, I guess is probably the best way of describing that. Um, so thank you so much to Blue Apron for working with us. Uh, we're really looking forward to this. And, you know, definitely hit us up when you get your first box and let us know how it is, uh, what you made, what you got, uh, how it went. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this myself. So I will definitely keep you guys posted on what I cook. And uh, for this week, that's actually the only ad that we're going to have. Uh, we're going to get back into the swing of things um, in just a second here. Real quick, I wanted to also say thank you to everyone on the network for uh, participating in this fun little switcheroo of 2018 week um, that we've got going on. Uh, this is a, a really fun thing that, you know, Maximum Fun, another podcast network, does uh, about once a year. And it was just something that we thought would be fun for us to do. Uh, it has been a blast working on different shows and hearing people do their takes on the shows on the network. It is just, again, I can't stress enough how fun it is to work with the folks here on the Scavengers Network. And since we're here on Journey Under 30, of course, I want to make sure that I specifically thank Morgan and Thomas for doing Journey Under 30 and just being amazing at this show. Um, you know, they are, like they said, from Academy Outcast, so make sure that you go check out their show. Uh, their show airs every other Friday, and you can find their show on uh, whatever podcatching app that you use. And so now, let's get right back to it. I would like to talk about... 
Christian Siriano, who is, uh, he was a 30 under 30, sorry, on the 30 under 30 list um, in the art and style category in 2015 when he was 29 years old. Uh, Christian Siriano is a fashion designer uh, who is best known um, for winning the fourth season of Project Runway. Uh, in 2007. He was also the series' youngest winner. So I watched Project Runway uh, for at least three seasons, probably 2006 to 2008. With I was Tyra like, Banks? No, not with oh. Tyra Banks, with Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum, gosh darn it. <laughs> Seal. So, <laughs> yes. Kiss by Rose. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, so he was the series' youngest winner. He won in 2007, um, and I remember watching him win. I thought he was just so dang cool, this tiny little adorable... He was tiny? Yeah, he's small. Tiny little snappy, adorable gay boy. Um, so one of the things that I remember him making that always stuck in my head was this, um, like... It was like an A-line uh, dress that was like maybe knee length, like very traditional, like 1950s style dress, right? But the challenge was that they could only use things that um, they found in the, uh, like the Hershey's store. What? You know, you know how they, you know how there's like the M&M store, in the Coca-Cola store. No, I think it was, like, oh. in New York, like, okay. in Times Square or something, like, okay. the Hershey's store, the Hershey's candy store. Oh, so, okay. they could only use things that they found in that store. Okay. So, what he did, I can't even remember what anyone else did. What he did was he got bags and bags and bags and bags of um, those miniature Reese's peanut butter cups, the ones that are individually wrapped yeah, in the gold yeah. foil. He unwrapped them all, and he took the brown wax paper from around the cup, yeah. and he used those to make a dress. Oh. Of these little circle brown things, and it just looked like it was like this um, beautifully textured sort of like brown flowers all down wow. this dress, and it Those was just be like noisy though. Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I mean, they all had to make it out of like trash and shit yeah, because right. it was like from the Reese's, you know, factory or well, not Reese's, so the Hershey's, cool. Hershey's uh, yeah. store. But it was just the coolest dress, and I just thought oh, wow. that was so wild, and that yeah. just always stuck in my head. Oh, and I really cool. like Reese's peanut butter cups, so yes. I think that was why. So just a little background on Christian Siriano. He was inspired during his time as a theater kid, um, he was inspired by costume design, and that is what inspired him to pursue fashion design. Um, I also do costume design, so that's another thing that I relate to. Um, I, I design my costumes for dance. So after he won uh, on Project Runway, um, he, or sorry, no, let me go back real quick. So he was designing clothes by age 13. Um, and that was a passion that sort of intensified as he moved through school. He ended up getting a degree in fashion design. He had an internships at places, um, like Vivian Westwood and Alexander McQueen. Um, and after graduation, he made wedding dresses for private clients, which is insane to me like making a wedding dress for a private client mm. like right after graduating college like i don't know like I, I just can't even imagine making a wedding dress so that's really cool so um he was uh someone told him like hey like you're not really doing anything you need a job so you should just audition for project runway and he said yeah sure why not and so yeah so he auditioned and then after he won uh his first uh actual Christian Siriano branded store opened in 2012. Um, he is a red carpet favorite by celebrities. He dressed 17 different women at the 2018 Oscars red carpet. Um, Do you have any names to go? 
I did, but the I did not write them down, but the big name, this is his big like I made it moment was he dressed Michelle Obama wow. for the 2017 Democratic National Convention. Oh. And I didn't remember this, but I was looking it up. She wore this big, beautiful cobalt blue gown um, and he designed that for her. And after that, everybody was like, holy shit, we need Christian Siriano. And so that uh -huh. kind of like really helped him take off in 2017. Um, he realized after winning the um, winning the show that he was uh, basically just going to be cruising on some reality TV cred for a while, and he knew that that was not going to last. So he basically just got to work trying to figure out, like, immediately, like, how am I going to make this last? And so he just started... Um, uh, signing all these contracts. He signed a contract with Payless and he did a line for Payless Shoes. Uh, he signed contracts with Neiman Marcus and he did lines for Neiman Marcus. He designed fashion design uh, inspired sponges for a cleaning company. Yeah, just like crazy wow. mass market like commercialist things. Did it go on Shark Tank? <laughs> I, feel like I don't think he needed Shark Tank because um, like he was on Project Runway. Barbara and Laura, or Laura, Lori would 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 uh, really help him out. Yeah, well, so here was the thing: is that he he was able to get his name out there to millions of women by doing these mass commercial items, and by doing that, he was able to place his name in people's minds. He had those pay less paychecks. He had those fashion sponge paychecks, and those were what it enabled him to focus on creating um, more high quality designs um, out of his own, you know, like designer line, right? Um, that wasn't made in a factory, that was just made by hand by him. Um, and so uh, another cool thing is that um, he made a choice early on that he was going to make clothes for all women, not just size two models, right? So right. he um, had the idea early on that he was going to, um, you know, let every woman be able to wear his clothes. Um, he signed a contract with Lane Bryant in 2016. Lane Bryant is a uh, clothing retailer for plus size women. He did two seasons of clothing for them. And, um, and so that was another thing that really helped him appeal to uh, mass consumer mass consumer markets um, and there's a quote I wrote um, Tim Gunn who was the host of Project Runway um, said uh, Christian is the kind of American designer I champion one who sees fashion through the lens of commerce if people aren't buying it who cares what you make and what that's referring to is a lot of times, you know, you'll see these celebrities at, you know, the Met Gala on the red carpet, you know, it, you know, they got dressed for this concert or whatever, wearing these like crazy gowns that like you're never going to wear, you know, like no one's going to wear that crap. But what Christian Siriano does is he has this very um, classic timeless style and these very simple silhouettes that are really well constructed that, um, you know, these designers will wear that women, because he designs for women basically only, I don't think he does any men's clothing, um, that women will see and say, I, I can see myself wearing that. Yeah. That's a normal looking piece of clothing. It's, it's extravagant and beautiful and it's normal and approachable at the same time, you know? And so he was really able to make his, his, uh, his designer couture line into an approachable fashion, which is what's making him the money. 
Now that we've talked about our uh, two folks, what are some lessons learned that we can apply to our own journey? I know for mine, it really is about the marketing and the branding. I think that um, I really connect with how Christian um, is able to commodify the things that he creates and uh, monetize his skills. And that's something that kind Make of is... Make that paper, son. It really, yeah, seriously. It's always something that kind of like is in my head. It's like, I'm like, oh, this is the skill I'm good at. How can I make money off of that? <laughs> like, that's like the second thought always that pops into my head. So it's cool to see that that's something that worked for him yeah. was to to monetize his skills. Um, and so... so following that path as something that I know may bring me success in the future. So yeah. I think that that's what I, what I appreciate. Um, but what I also appreciate is that he really, um, is able to focus on, uh, you know, really bringing a degree of, of, uh, like workmanship, like really highly skilled workmanship to his stuff. So, um, that's kind of what I'm taking away. What about you? Regret. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> if you, if you think that, a certain passion will not come to fruition, then reevaluate. But if you truly do feel like there is a possibility for you, if you truly do feel like there is a way for you to achieve your goal, your dream, then collect all the people that you can that support you and will help you along the way. Keep them close and get rid of the people that are dragging you down. I know this is seeming very talk show, <laughs> talk show, stereotypical, cliche bullshit. But then again, you hear a lot of successful people on talk shows giving the same, same cliche bullshit. And there's truth to it. There's truth to it. So get out there, do your work, and it doesn't matter if you're under 30 or over 30. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because, you know, time is relative. You need to you need to do it when you can. I think we did a pretty good job on this one. I hope so. It's probably a pretty good spot to leave it. I hope so. I, I hope I listen to this and don't realize that I make an ass out of myself. <laughs> That's what I hope every single episode that we do. About well, myself, not you. Oh. Anyway. Okay. So Good. please be sure to check out other shows here on the Scavengers Network. And thank you so much, listeners, for letting us pop in here and take control of Journey Under 30 for the week. Uh, we hope you liked it. And if you like us and you want to hang out with us again, come on down and check out Academy Outcasts. Uh, we watch and review a new movie every single week that I have never seen, but that Thomas has more than likely seen multiple times. And uh, and we learn. And it's a, what, a cinematic education from one friend to another, right? So you can find all of the Scavengers Network podcasts on whatever fine podcatcher you choose. Thank you for joining us here on Journey Under 30. I'm Alex. I'm Colin. I'm Thomas. I'm Morgan. Uh, I'll see you on the Forbes listings. Yeah, and I'll see you in my dreams. Uh, Thank you, thank you.